Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Fins Up Podcast. I am your host, Ugly Terry, and I am joined by my disgusting, hideous co-host, Fat Dan. Fat Dan, how you doing, buddy? Ugly Tans, it's good to be here, mate. I'm excited tonight. You're looking especially ugly, and I've just had a huge dinner, and my belly is full of joy. Mate, you look so fat that you don't even fit on the screen at the moment. I can't see anything apart from your man titties. Look, there we go, but <laughs> lucky you. Look, this is, as we said, it's a very special uh, podcast this week. We're going to pick our 1-17 to 17 on who we think is going to run out for round one. So with a special podcast, we like to dedicate it to our mates. So let's dedicate it to our three friends, Cocaine Dawkins, Jubilee, Johnny and Corey Andrew on Twitter. Thanks for listening, guys. We know you do it every week. We know you watch the show with no pants on as well. It's brilliant. Dan, what a week of footy we have had. Mate, it's an incredible week of football, but just going back to what you are saying before, and congratulations, boys, on getting uh, the dedication. What they want is attention, so we'll give it to them, and then after tonight they no longer exist. If only, Terry, if only there was a way to not listen to opinions you don't want to hear... Or tweets you don't want to see. Like, I know, I know it's 2021 technology. It doesn't allow for that. But, I mean, if there's any scientists listening, let's get to that. Let's find a way for these opinions that we're putting out that you actively have to go looking for, click on, and sit and listen to uh, to hear. So, mate, I wish it was that simple. If you take those three listeners away, we're only we're going to have, like, seven. That's... So, can we not do it? They, mate, they that's true. Figures, so. No, no scientists. But as as you were saying, mate, big week of football. There's no such thing as an off season for us. We're busy. We're busy with the cricket. We're busy with the football, mate. It, it, big news today. Yeah, should we should we go into the news before we go into our one to seven? Let's go in the news. I think uh, most Isaiah people here. Isaiah Papali here signed with the Tigers. Dan didn't see what it coming. Look. A few things. First of all, I published an article a couple of days ago that said that now that it's between Para and the Tigers, if I'm a Para fan, I wouldn't worry. Um, so, of course, he signed for the Tigers 24 hours later, as is the way it tends to go. But, uh, look, I, I can't bag the Tigers here. I think they've got a big fish. Uh, look, they absolutely have overpaid for him, but they're a club in desperate need of a name and a player that can make metres and represent the club well. Uh, that That is properly... I'm, Absolutely okay with them paying overs because now that they've signed him, they can go to, to Young Leilua and say, hey, you two, you know, you're going to be the, the super back row, you know, for the next five years. And then you start bringing players in and say, the first thing you say is, well, we've got Papali'i, one of the best players of the competition last year playing, if he plays as a second rower. Which he doesn't want to. He has signed to play as a middle forward at the Tigers. Now... This is, this is the thing. There were two Papalitis last year, right? There were two Isaiah Papalitis. When he was on the edge or coming off the bench and playing in the edge back row spot, he was the best back rower in the competition. Destructive. Then he put his thumb in his mouth and sooked and said, I want to be a middle forward. He went back to the bench. He started at prop. He started in the back row, and he was fucking horrific. <laughs> if the Tigers have paid him $600,000 to play middle, they've definitely overpaid for a rubbish player that you can probably halved that and gone and got Jack Williams off of us. In saying that, the Tigers needed to sign somebody. They've missed out on everyone last year. Um, but just just on Papali'i as well, like, yes, I thought he was great. As I said, I thought he was one of the best back rowers in the competition last year, if not the best back rower in the competition last year. But he put his thumb in his mouth, and then all of this information about 
well, this is how he carried on with the Warriors, and this is why the Warriors were happy to see the back of him. They knew he was talented. They knew he was a good player, but they were like, we, we can't deal with this attitude and this sulky anymore. So he's done the same thing again to Parramatta. Parramatta have put him on the map. They, they put him, you know, his career was on the scrap heap. I'd forgotten all about him. He turned up at Parramatta, whatever. He's been absolutely out, unbelievable, and yet he's shown him no loyalty to for reviving his career. Apparently, Parramatta's offer was a hundred grand less. Do you pick loyalty or the Tigers, mate? He's the first person to pick the Tigers. It's certainly it. And that hundred grand, you got to think, will come in international payments at the end of the year in the World Cup. But. Uh... I, I'm not going to bag the Tigers too hard, and you know me, I love every chance I can to sink the boot into arguably the worst-run club in the history of the NRL. But I, I don't hate this move. It's a risk they have to take. Probably is not going to win them a premiership. Even, you're right, it is a risk they have to take, but if, if he's going to play, play lock or front row, bad sign. That's it. I just, just want to draw attention to, I think it was our good mate Dave Riccio who said that... Um, He's the money he's getting. Uh, he resembles a young Dale Finucane. Now I, I don't like a, um, I don't like that comparison at, at all. I think a young Dale Finucane was, you know, a far far more complete player than Papali, and he did a lot more than have one good season in three. So you know, I may eat these words and say he's very much a young Finucane, but for mine, I don't think it was. I don't think it was Ricky. Ricky no? actually um, bagged the signing. Oh, there he is, yeah, mate. Uh, he, he didn't bag the signing, he bagged the money. Um, it was... Uh, I'm just trying to find out now who it was. It was Joel Kane. Oh, Joel Kane, our good friend Joel Kane. Yeah, yeah he said Papali is the young Finucane. No, he's not. Yeah, definitely not. <laughs> no, he's nothing like a young Finucane. A young Finucane was absolutely incredible and had played more than one good season of NRL, so... Well, apologies, Mr. Yeah. Dave Riccio, um... Yeah, said that he they paid 150k too much, and the money this year that he's getting, he he, you know, he's getting more than what Tino was paid, more than what Finucane was paid at the Storm, and there are a bunch of other people that you just turn around and go, Jesus, some of these forwards in the competition were pretty low paid. Yeah, that's true. Well, big arm, um, good work. You know, congrats to the Tigers. They got one. I can't remember the last signing that they had that was a chase and win rather than a only yeah, option. I would be offering him that. He's turned absolute shit. The literal second he put a Tigers jersey on, he became half the player. I think he needs to go to a Melbourne or, or one of those coaches. Or a Panthers. Yeah, and really get in a good setup. You know, he showed he doesn't have the discipline. But look, he's a player that we may we may look at with Wade Graham coming towards the end of his career too. There's a there's a maybe scoop.
What are your thoughts on Asiata saying he'd rather work construction? Let him go work construction, but he's got to get uh, vaccinated to get on site. I think that's a real... Have to. Sorry? You do have to? You don't. No, oh. the mandate's changed to 80%. Gotcha. Um, but it's up to employers' discretion. There are some employers that, that don't worry, and there are some that do. Um, a guy who I used to work with is so anti-vaccine, it's not funny, and he's just started an apprenticeship on site, and he works in construction in North Sydney. So there are some com- companies that will take him, but... Asiata was reportedly on 400k. Oh, mate, what an absolute joke. That's nature healing itself because there is no universe in the world where that bloke is worth even half that. Look, I think the comments are from a position of undeserved privilege for him to say, oh, well, I'd rather go work on a construction site. Like, each and every person who's ever worked construction doesn't mean more to the world than John Asiata, who's played, what, three good games of NRL in his career. I, I just think he needs to shut up. And, I mean... The Bulldogs paid huge overs, as far as I'm concerned. So I think they might get away with one there and use the money to on a better player. So let, let him go, you know. And again, we're not going to get political, right or wrong, etc. Whatever. I don't have time for that rubbish. But if you're on 400k, just get the fucking jab. Yeah, and look, the happy Coruscant as well, mate. Like this guy is a literal scumbag and <laughs> seems to be as dumb as dog shit. He's on three quarters of a million dollars. And he's refusing to get vaccinated. Like, if I was on a third of that, and they said to me, "You've got to get the jab," I'd be fucking. I'd be getting the jab, the second jab, the booster, every jab, every test that I needed to take. You know, I'd, I'd be fucking going to get my flu shot. I'd be taking Codril every night to avoid the fucking. The, you know, like as you said, it's it's a position of privilege for these guys. They don't realise how good they've got it. So there's now Appy. I have a problem with his decision making. But I also, Appy's, Appy's the sort of bloke who would rather give the jab, and it got him into trouble last time. So taking the jab this time has also got him into trouble. I think that's at least a little bit humorous. But, I mean, I don't care if he doesn't play a single second of this season because Penrith have got that young Mitch Kenny that they seem to really rate. And there's talk of Coruscant walking out on the Panthers as soon as he can get a release anyway. So I think Penrith might use this as an excuse to flick him. I hope he goes to a shit team. And doesn't play so well next year. Um, I just, I'm, I'm sick of it. Well, so uh, apparently, apparently he made a comment, but quickly backtracked on it. He said, "Well, I'll just go and play overseas." But you've got to be vaccinated <laughs> yeah. to get on a plane, you dick. Yeah, he's, uh, he's not, not the smartest bloke in the world. Look, the, the, obviously, the biggest name who's really staunch on on not getting the vaccine is Nelson, and obviously, being in Melbourne, he's in like the, the toughest position because. He literally cannot get back into Melbourne if he leaves. Yeah. So he's he's stuck there for the time being until they change their mandate. I don't think Melbourne are going to cut him loose because there's going to be a club out there who's going to turn around and go, you know what, there's going to be a Sydney club as well that's going to go, fuck it, you know. We've got a relatively easy draw. We play three games in Queensland. We play one in Melbourne. He doesn't have to play. And if we finish top four, we're in Sydney the whole time for the finals anyway. So look, he's he's in a good position. And look, just just commenting. He's in a good position. I think I think Melbourne know they're in between a rock and a hard place on this one. That's it. Look, ultimately, I, I think these blokes will all all either come round or you know they they want to martyr themselves, which is great. But you know we've seen Tom Alolo come out and say that he'll get the jab. And if anyone had the power to say you know. You can't go on without me. It was Tamalolo. Look, regarding our situation, look, we have one player who's unvaccinated. I've had 30 people ask me who it is. We, we don't know for sure. We have our suspicions. All I can say is check Instagram stories. 
I think it's pretty obvious. Yeah, it's pretty obvious. Now, on a feel-good story, speaking of Instagram today, Nico Hines put up a picture of himself at Cronulla Beach. Well, not of himself, but he said at Cronulla, he said it's a nice near home. I believe he said it was grouse. We're close. We to seeing Nico Hines and Dale Finucane in the Sharks. We certainly are. Now, look, the words we're getting is December, you know, a couple of weeks, which is um, too long if you ask me. But I have a feeling that the inf- person who's passed on that information may be messing with us just a tad. So, you know, we'll, uh, we'll see. But... I, I will say this, though. I haven't been really, really happy seeing Cam McInnes in our colours. Mm-hmm. Those biceps. Mm. He may be the signing of the year just quietly because he unlocks a lot for Cronulla. I've also, I've also, or he also locks a lot for Cronulla. I've also been really happy to see Matty Cavallo. Looks like he's in incredible shape as well. He's keen, mate. He's come. He's come to Cronulla with real aspirations. He's he's coming to Cronulla to start. Like this is look so. So some of the fringe players like Lockie Miller's coming across looking like a million dollars. Um, you know, and, and some other, yeah, some other players I don't even know. But uh, no, look, we we know where the Nico Hines photo was taken. Um, it's just outside the gym that I have once again joined to get rid of this just disgusting belly of mine that seems to bother three people in the world. So yeah, well, look, you know, I'm get, I'm getting a shirt, Fat Dan. It's also right across the road from the Porto, so after you finish at the gym, you can go get a beef. Look, look, it certainly is, and maybe I'll go before because you got to fill up, and then you got a protein load after. So there you go. But look, we know where that photo was taken. So as soon as I'm finished here, I'm going to go pitch a tent where I'll be pitching a tent in said tent, waiting for Nico to come back tomorrow and every day. And it's not weird. We've confirmed that it was five to three. It's not weird. Now, Cronulla have done something they have not done for about 15 years, and that is have merchandise ready in time for Christmas, Dan. Time to celebrate. Isn't it, isn't it lovely? And it's branded merchandise. None of this Sharks at Cronulla or this sea, you know, Sharks across the thing. It's all our, – our jersey just looks a million dollars this year. I want both. I haven't bought a jersey since, like, I was 15. This year, sign me up. I will say that I thought we had the cleanest sponsor the jersey – in the competition until Manly released their kit, and that points bet is just so clean across them. It looks good. That's the only good thing Manly will do all year, but it does. But you notice they use Turbo, so they can't even release fucking jersey without it. Exactly. Oh. If they released anyone else, no one would know who it was. Yeah, like, that's true. Brad Parker on there. Look, that's very good, very true. Hey, Terry, I've got, I've got something I want to bring up. I don't know whether it's on your list or not, but um, look, our memberships are renewed. You've upgraded. I've actually I've gone sideways to stick with you know because my for those listening that know I have a young daughter who some days loves football some days hates it so I'm gonna I've got seats at the back of the concourse where she can sit and play iPad and just talk to people as they walk past etc. You've updated to like the the super suites um yeah it's, it's good it's good to be a member mate it's good to be back to Shark Park. Dan I I owe you an apology right so here it is ugly Terry to fat Dan. I'm going to give you an apology, mate, because it's actually been proven to me that you have been a long-standing member apart from one year. That's correct. When I was in Grafton. Correct. However, a little bit of information has come across the table to you and I. Oh, yeah. That the richest man in Cronulla, Rich Ossington, is 
He's actually a member for the very first time in his life. Now, listen, Terry, thank you for the apology. It makes up for the thousands of tweets uh, using that joke. I'm still going to use the joke, Dan, it's there. That's absolutely fine. I, I, um, I appreciate it and I quite enjoy it. Richie was the one who ran with it the hardest, was making jokes, liking tweets. I'm going to rain hell down upon the great man himself. And no amount of money, maybe 500 bucks, Rich, we know you're listening, uh, will make me stop. So get ready. It's good to hear that he's joined, which is real good. Uh, of course, you got the fanciest seats in the place. Mate, well, he's, got, he's gone from not a member to, like, the presidential suite, which is fine, you know. He's on a million a week. That's fine. But first time ever, it's pretty embarrassing just quietly. It's really, really embarrassing. Yeah, Dan, the main crust of the podcast for us is we are picking our one to seventeen. Now, we put a little bit of a, a little bit of a you know spin. twinge on this. It's not. It's not just our. It's not just a one to seventeen. Not just the generic one to seventeen. We put a one to seventeen in, and we said that we're going to put in a couple of surprise picks and also a fits uh, safety pick mm-hmm. in the team. Now, I think a lot of our selections are going to be exactly the same. But I'm I'm really keen to see what your surprise picks are and what your fits uh, safety net is. So, I'll I'll kickstart us. Mm -hmm. Fullback for mine, obviously, is Mr. William Kennedy. No arguments. Moving on. Who are your wingers? My wingers are Sione Katoa, who I believe is in for a sensational season. And Matthew Ikevalu. Now, this is my Fitz safety pick. He knows Ikevalu. He went out and got Ikevalu, who was still contracted to the Roosters, which makes me think he wants him for a reason. He's seen what he can do. He trusts him. I have a feeling he'll be there round one. My wingers are also Sione Katoa and Matt Ikevalu, but he is not my Fitz safety pick. <laughs> right, there you go. No, because in the centres, I've gone with Ronaldo Mulatalo and Jesse Ramey. Now, the, the, I, I think I mean, just listening to Fitz talk about how he sees Ronnie as a complete player, he's tall, he's aggressive, he hits hard when he defends well, um, and Ronnie's been a centre growing up. So I think this is this is the time now for Ronaldo to stand. And we, like, we've only got one legitimate centre, and that's Jesse Ramian. If anyone was going to do it now, and I think because we've got players in the, the squad like Connor Tracy, like Metcalf, like Lockie Miller... I think he'll run with Ronaldo for like the first three rounds, and if it doesn't work, someone gets dropped. Look, I absolutely agree with your centre pairing. I think it's time to unleash Ronaldo, and I think he's been training there. Uh, I don't, I don't know this for a fact, and it may just be that he was training harder when his jaw was down. He looks a little bit bigger to me, just just a little bit. He's always been in tremendous shape, but he he may just be filling out still in his young twenties. Shape. Sione Katoa looks like he's stacked on about six kilos as well. I, I definitely think that could be a very dangerous edge. Uh, and I think Ronaldo in the centres could potentially be a real strike weapon. So, yes, so far so good. We agree. My Fitz safety pick is at number six, and I have got Matthew Moylan. Look, I, I agree with Matt Moylan in the first round. Now, I believe that this will change. When either Moylan gets injured, which we know he will, or we we suffer a few losses and then Fitz goes, that'll do. It's, you know, I think that Nico Hines needs to find, spoiler, I'm naming him in my seven. I think that Nico needs to find his game. He needs to, 
you know, take over because he was playing fullback for so long at Melbourne. He needs to develop his kicking game, which I believe Moylan can't. So Nico kind of has to, and I believe that that's a bit of a push. Now, I see about round five or six where Moylan probably drops off either, you know, he'll be leading the Daly M's by then, but he will get injured, unfortunately. Then I think Trindle comes in and Nico Hines six, and that's our long-term partnership. But for round one, Matt Moylan. You've got Matt Moylan in the six as well? Certainly do. Your front rollers. My front rowers are Dale Finucane and Sir Tobias Rudolph. Now, listen, there's a lot of people that want Toby coming off the bench, and I completely understand, absolutely understand, that's where he's played his best football. But I would argue that last year when he was playing at prop, not this lock bullshit, and he didn't play his minutes over what he can do, he was our best front rower. So I would like to see that, and I think that is a combination that can do some real damage. Forget Toby's missed tackles. That was heavily skewed by playing out of position, playing too many minutes, and when we were down with a 1,000 concussions against Parramatta, he missed like 20-something tackles that game. It just fucked his whole season. He's not going to do that again this year. He's going to go back. He looks in tremendous shape. I've never seen a guy have such a big off-season and not look like he'd even gone out for single pint. He looks amazing. Dale's going to be there. you got the relative rookie. you got the, the super man himself, Dale. I think that could be an origin front row. Just yeah, saying. I, I, I've got Dale Finucane and Toby Rudolph as well. I, I hear the shouts of Toby when he came off the bench. He was incredible. Should have been the, the bench player of the year that year in his rookie year. However, as you said, and I went through and did a little bit of research, but I can't follow my notes at the moment because the unit I'm staying in in Coffs Harbour is an absolute shit tip at the moment. Um, but when Toby limited his minutes to around 40, his tackle efficiency was around about 95%. That's when he played over 60 minutes, that's when his tackle efficiency ducked below to around about 83. And, and some games he was in the 60s. There you go. So Excuse. The less, minute, the less minutes for Toby, the better. He also played a game of prop. And I think, from memory serves me right, I think it's the Canberra game that we played um, in Queensland. Uh, and we got beat 32-18. But Toby played 40 minutes and missed one tackle and, and ran for about 160 metres. So that's that's the Tobias Rudolph that we need. Um, who's your number nine? Uh, Braley. I expect him to re-sign and I expect him. Now, we'll, we'll get to in a minute, but for me, Braley starts at nine. Yeah, look, Braley starts at nine for me as well, but he's on, you know, for mine, he's on thin ice. Like, I saw the reports today that we're, about the extending for three years, it better be a near on close minimum wage deal because he's not worth the fucking money at the moment. I know we let Jaden Braley go because this guy was supposed to be the next big thing, but honestly, you know, Jaden last year was one of the was top five hooker in the competition, and there's no debating that. And Blake was meh, you know. He's ordinary. And now, yeah. we've got, now we've got Cam McInnes. Now we've got a kid who's got his first NRL contract. Um, um, you know, it's got to be a big season for Blake because if we're, you know, if we're 0 and 2, you can quite easily move Cam McKinnis into that number nine and you can drop Blake Broly. Certainly true. Now, I think this will be Blake's breakout season because he's got a coach that believes in him, as we've seen by the fact he wants to sign him for three more years. And I think that he's got the confidence, he's got the halves, he's got the forward pack, and he's not going to have to make 110 tackles 
at 100%. So I, I think we're going to see him. Now, my line of thinking, without spoiling my next decision, is he's not an 80-minute hooker. I think at 60 minutes, he can be really dangerous, which we'll get to in a minute. Yeah, so that's, that, I've got that as well, but I... I'm not using a bench player to do it. I think we're just it's going to be a case of Cam McInnes is going to spend some time at nine. Well, the game. well there you go. Who's your 13? Yeah, my 13 is Cam McInnes. Are you using the same thinking as I am? 30 minutes, Blake goes off, Cam goes in, 10 yeah, minutes I'm after halftime? So, somewhere around there, you know. There's also going to be games as well where, like, when we're playing a monster forward pack like Melbourne or fucking Penrith or Parramatta, where it wouldn't surprise me if Cam McKinnis started and did the opening twenty minutes of just belting forwards, and then you bring Blake on. But I think that I think that's going to be the formula that's going on there as well because I don't think Blake can slot out another twenty four games of eighty minute performances because one he's going to burn out and two you know it's just going to diminish his career at the start. And I think when you've got someone like McKinnis and you've got Beryl as well that we've brought in. Um, that you don't have to rely on him too much. Like in the last two seasons for Blake Braley, we've had no one at number nine. We've had Cole Patterson. Yeah. And there's no, been no New South Wales Cup. No person. Now we've got McInnes. We've got the Petro similar Seaver medalist. But we've got a coach who believes in him. He's my starting number nine, but I don't know for how long. But yeah, Cam McInnes is my 13. 100% agreed, and for that exact reason, I reckon we'll see a lot of Cam at nine in the middle of the game when. And I think I don't think it'll be a set plan of. I think he'll come off at 30 minutes every week, but I think it will depend on the game when he goes back on. Because if the tiring defence, like say we're playing the Tigers, you, you throw Blaley on as soon as you see a gap. But if we're getting, if it's a tight game, you know, you hold him, you hold him, you hold him, you throw him on for the last 10. So I think he's a weapon there to use, and I think Fitz will use, Sir Fitz will use him much better this year. Yeah. Uh, who's your starting back row? Look, Nakora and Wade Graham. I don't think that'll be the starting back row all season, but for me, we need Wade Graham at his best to be our best team. He looks fantastic. You know, he's saying everything right. He's been he's been leading the campaign to get vaccinated. Um, he's down Cronulla. They they've had an indigenous vaccine set up. It just the club's going above and beyond, and Wade Graham's leading it. And I mean, in terms of football players with higher profiles and not being a dickhead off season, Wade Graham is that person. So. I think this will be a monster season for Wade. I think Nakora is really going to benefit from not having Sean Johnson there because I think he got lazy last year in that he's just, we'll get the ball close and Johnson will put me over. Now he's got to work, and I think Nakora has hugely untapped potential. I think he's got five rounds, though, because we got two pretty decent second rowers on the bench, as we'll get to, um, who are going to put pressure on him. Now, he's, he's off contract, so he's got a big season. I back him completely because I think Wade's coming towards the end of his season. I reckon Nakora and the player I'll mention in a minute are our long-term options. I'm going to call it now. I'm going to put my my fat ass on the line and say Nakora is going to have a wow of a season. Yeah, look, I, 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 I said that CSU Fatalikai was the biggest um, Fitz, Fitz project, but you don't know if he's going to be around. <laughs> Certainly um, don't. So then, it, then it comes back to Britton Nakora as well. Look, I've got Wade Graham and Britton Nakora. I can't believe our 1-13 to 13 is exactly the same. It's, uh, it's disappointing. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, look, it, as far as what you said about Wade Graham as well, obviously, you know, there is no better 
leader in terms of on-field, off-field than Wade Graham. He's never in trouble. He doesn't do anything wrong. He says all the right things. You know, he's never been in trouble with the police ever. Or you know, he's, he's just a phenomenal person, footballer, leader. But he's got some. He's got some other leaders around the club now to take a lot of that pressure off him. And he's still going, nah, this is me. This is what I do. You know, he's just leading from example. I think you're right about Britton Nakora as well. He's got about five games to prove that he's just not a one-trick pony. Otherwise, he's going to end up in New Zealand with his mate. Um, that's the starting team. Uh, let's go. Your first two players on your bench, who are they? Uh, Jack Williams absolutely has to be there. Our best forward yep. all season. He'll come into yep. the middle. I reckon he might play a lot of prop this year because... Right. As far as I'm concerned, McInnes is at least 60 minutes at hooker, uh, at um, lock. And your two wide-running second rowers probably don't take a break unless there's an injury or or Sir Fitz sees something we don't. So I think he, I think he's a lock. I also think Braden Hamlin-Uelli is a lock. Um, yep. Another player I expect to make or break five rounds because another one who's off contract, I have a sneaky suspicion that the Dolphins are going to go hard for him because he's, he's from up Queensland way. He's a project. He hasn't reached his potential. I think Fitz will make him an absolute weapon off the bench. I don't expect him to play huge minutes, but I reckon he'll come on and you'll go, oh, fucking here he comes. I reckon we'll see the old Hamlin Newelli. I've got Hamlin Newelli and I've got Williams as well in the in the team. Look, I think those two guys, I think Jack Williams was our best forward last year by far. And I think Hamlin Newelli found a new lease on life coming off the bench. Um, and then, as you said, you're going to get a defensive-orientated coach like Fitz, who's just going to, you know, strip the strip the rest of the baby fat off of him and just, you know, get him get him like a machine. Um, so they're my first two. Who are your second two players on? Oh, uh, look, Teague Wilton. Now, I believe yep. Teague Wilton has to be there in round one. He is the player that, for me, we need to prioritise. And if Nakora. If, if Wade, you know, can't get right or Nakora doesn't live up, you put T. Wilton straight in there because I think he's going to be a freakish footballer. Now, his body is developing into an absolute monster rig. I have no doubt that you can throw him in the middle because he played Lockett, Newtown a lot. You know, he said, we heard when we spoke to the great man Tobias earlier, a couple seasons ago, he said that T. wanted to build to become a lock. Look... You know, when, when McInnes does go into nine, which I'm pretty sure is going to happen, Teague Wilton can go in because the lock isn't... We're not seeing the Tamalolos anymore. We're seeing ball-playing locks and we're seeing faster locks. You know, your Ken Murray's, your Victor Radley's, your Teague Wilton's. So I'm very, very confident he has to be there round one. And my final bench player is Connor Tracy. Connor Tracy. Now, look, I, I'm going to put Talakai in there with a huge asterisk beside him because... Of what you said, I think he's the Fitz project. If he's available, I'm picking him. Because I just think... He had a shocker last year. I made no... I was very forward in saying that I was hugely disappointed with Talakai. I think he would be disappointed with himself. Greatest hitman in the game, but the worst tackler. I think under Fitz, if he gets... If he's available again, asterisk, asterisk, asterisk. I think he's going to be an absolute fucking weapon. But if he's not available, I'm going to go Royce Hunt for round one for, against Canberra because they're going to monster us in the middle, and I just want to hammer them. That's not who I would pick moving forward, but for Canberra, I'm picking a four-man monster bench. Yeah, look, Royce Hunt, I've got Royce Hunt as 18th man. I've got Connor Tracy in there as well just because he was Mr. Fix-It last year. He was top three player for us last year. 
you know, whether it was wing, center, wherever he went, he had a crack. He didn't let you down. Like, you know, his games at 5'8 were horrible, right? They were horrible. But that's not because he didn't... That's not because he just, you know, threw in the towel and said, well, fuck it. Like, he was putting in. He was still trying to put in, but it's just... It's just not the level that he's at, mm-hmm. you know? He's just a Mr. Fixer. And I think, you know, if, if we had an injury to someone... And Fitz turned around and said, well, Connor, I want you to go and play front row. He'd fucking go and play front row. He certainly would. And he would run as hard as, as anyone else. He would. Now, for so, me, Teague Wilton fills that position for round one because I think he can fit in at centre. I also think that Nakora might play a bit of centre if there's injuries, etc. You know, Ronaldo can switch the wing, Iqvali. Whatever we need, we can cover. But I, I love the Connor Tracy pick, and I think from round two onwards, that's fine. For round one, though, we have to beat Canberra up. To beat him, mate. Well, there's a, there's a couple of things in this. One, there's a picture of Royce Hunt in training the other day, and he's taking a hit up. And if I'm on the other end of that photo, just please go past <laughs> yeah. it, Mr. Hunt. Just he take the try. In incredible shape. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing as well is Canberra, mate. No, Josh Papali Josh hasn't had the vaccine. Joseph Talfani hasn't had the vaccine. And two players on about 400 grand haven't had the vaccine as well. They've got $2 million worth of star player that aren't had, that haven't had the shot. And Josh Papali is pretty staunch on not having it as well. There you go. Look, Adam Elliott comes in. You know, Harawir and Ira may be one of those players. But if not, he's a genius. I, I love Harawir and Ira. Look. Just, just I don't know if we're going to name an 18th man, but for me, Andrew Fafida is the ultimate 18th man. I... Yeah, oh, absolutely. Trindle has to play. As, like He has to be around the squad. Now, the reason I pick Fafida is he looks pretty good. Looks very good. He looks keen. If he plays... Look, put it this way. If there's any doubts on whether he's fit enough, he's not going to play next season. No NRL player is going to go in thinking, eh, can I play or can't I? It's either yes or no. There's no in-between. I think Fafita is going to be so keen in those early rounds to just just prove that he hasn't lost it and come in. Now, I don't think he's up to the modern game. I'm not you know, I'm not willing to go that far. But he, he comes in for Royce Hunt if we need him because... He's only going to play 10 minutes, which I know is just presents terrible value for the money we're paying him next year. But he's a player who can break a game open or he can lose it for you. If you do it in round one or two, it's fine. Towards the end of the season, obviously you can't take those risks. I think he's got a big position to play. Or he retires and becomes a water boy all next year, which I, I say in jest, but I also say with seriousness because he's a bloke we need around the club. And, you know, some crap that was said on Twitter today suggested that we want this guy out or we've got something against him. When you and I are both on record as two of his three biggest fans, the other being, like, his family. So, uh, once again, I just want to hammer home. We want Fafita around the club. For life, I believe we said, as an ambassador and as a forward coach, for life, again, underlined from the fat Dan himself, for life, Terry. Fucking for life. Seriously, but yeah, I want him there. Yeah, look, the, 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 the thing from all, like those pictures of Fafita, look, he looks great, right? It looks like prime Fafita. But last year, Fafita entered the NRL season as light as he has ever been. And when he played first grade football, he looked horrible. Now, I don't know if that's uh, an age. I don't know if that's a fitness. I don't know if that's his body just letting him down. But you've just got to think, like, the amount of injuries this guy has had in the last couple of years 
he nearly died on the field against the Knights. Pull the pin, mate. Just just pull the pin. Like I'm not even looking at it from a salary cap point of view right now. I'm looking at it as a, you know, this guy's one of the ten best ever sharks. Mm-hmm. Pull the pin. Don't tarnish your legacy. Stick stick around the club. Like you've seen Gallon and Lewis, and, and everyone's raving about that. Imagine having Gallon Lewis and for feeder <laughs> as you know you come and as a young forward, right? As a young forward coming through, like Josh Finau. Imagine him coming through and having Gallon Lewis and his cousin Andrew Fafida mentoring him. Yeah, I, I don't know. Look, I, I, I don't see like I've got Andrew Fafida as far away from first grade as possible. It, um, if he plays on next year though, Terry, he doesn't play for Newtown. I I I think that was a huge failure on our behalf last year. Tried to light a fire, didn't work. He's the player that either plays first grade or he doesn't play at all because we need players getting minutes under their belt. We need Pele getting big minutes under his belt for Newtown yeah. for feeders just taking minutes away. That as well, but the other thing as well, if you do get into this, you know, Dale Finucane goes to Origin and Cam McInnes might go to Origin and Wade Graham might go to Origin and suddenly you're calling on Andrew for feeder, but he's been your 18th man every week and he's got no minutes under his belt, it's going to be worse. For mine... If Fafita's got something to prove to himself, he needs to go down. He needs to go back to Newtown and take it seriously, because his games at Newtown this year, he literally took the fucking piss out of everything that was about it. He didn't try, and it just showed when he came to first grade. Like we've got to make him captain. We've got to make him the leader of Newtown if he's going to go down there. I've got him as far away from first grade as possible. This guy gave me the greatest moment of my Sharks life, scoring that try into the grand final, and I'll forever love him and being dead. You know. To him for the rest of my life. He can't play for us. In 2022, Andrew Fafita cannot play one minute of first grade football unless we have a forward crisis. I'm just going, I'm going to die on that hill. No, no, that's absolutely a fair call. Uh, Ree Trindle that you mentioned earlier, he's a, he's a tricky one <laughs> because yeah. you do want him there to be 19th man because he comes in if there's an injury to the halves. But I want him playing for Newtown because we need him to be ready for round five or six. Very good, because I have done, a, this is the research that I have done, and this is Finn's up research, but I had a look at the New South Wales Cup draw, and I compared it to the NRL draw, and in the opening rounds, there are going to be two games that Trindle, if he was our 19th man, wouldn't be able to play for the Jets. Any other game, he'd be able to play for the Jets the day before, and then go and be our 19th man. You need to have a 24-hour gap. Perfect. That's absolutely fine. Let's do that. I want him playing, and I, I want. I hope Trindle's our number seven. I just think Moylan. I think I think Fitz is going to go with the Hines Moylan. I really hope that Moylan, like the feeder, is not in the first grade spot. And I hope that it's a Trindle Hines combination. I don't want Matt Moylan in there. I just think that's what's going to happen. Um, but yeah, so I, I can't believe that we were sixteen out of seventeen. <laughs> that's pretty there. crazy. But who's one player? Who's one player, Dan, that we haven't mentioned? that you think might get a crack in the first grade this year? Franklin Pele. I think he is going to be a weapon under these new rules. Now, it looks like he's slimmed down, which is crazy considering he, he's like he's just chiseled from granite, this bloke. They had to take him out of the gym because he kept putting too much muscle on. Like, mate, what the hell? That sucks to hear. But, yeah, I, I have a feeling that he is going to be that 18th, uh, that 17th person. Royce Hunt for feeder, you know, I, I said those early on. But once Pele has some real minutes under his belt at Newtown, and he's going to smash some people at Newtown, I think Fitzgibbon's going to unleash him because I think he might be off contract too. 
And I think he's the kind of bloke we need to see play football before we can say, you're going to be good his four years, otherwise it's going to be, a, oh, we'll give you a year, we'll give you two years sort of thing. Him for me. Yeah, I, I think Frank Rappelli has the potential to be like a Sia uh, Tokiaho type player. Absolutely. Uh, I just, uh, I don't think it's going to be this year. I, I hope he's got two years left on his contract. Um, I think he will get some game time, but uh, I'm going to, I'm going to die on Sam Stone Street Hill. He's my boy. Yeah. Sam Stone Street, 190 centimeters, fast as hell. He's going to captain Australia from the wing one day. I hope to God that he gets a game this year. I'd leapfrog him over Jensen, over Janaya Lua Lua. Over to Mulweeny Haroti. Lockie Miller. Sam Stone. Sam Stone Street, baby. Wow. Now, Terry, one that we haven't discussed. Zach Seeney. Does he see any football this year? I, I think I think Zach Seeney, we've got I think we've got three spots left on the roster. I think uh, I think Zach Seeney will pick up one of those spots. Um, you know, he he was one of the best players in the New South Wales Cup last year for the Tigers. His debut against the Dragons, he should have had two tries. They ripped him off one. He scored another one. Um, on the wing, he looked he looked okay. When he went to fullback, and he was getting some, you know, Nathan Cleary specials, and you know, he didn't look he didn't look good, right? And not many fullbacks do look good under those terrible high balls that they, these fucking halfbacks learn how to kick now. Um, it wouldn't surprise me as well if you know. Because he can play wing, he can play fullback, he can play centre. Um, you know, if Will Kennedy goes down, you don't really want to move Nico Hines out of the halves if you don't have to. So it's all right to have someone like Cini at the back. Um, oh yeah, I'd give him a one-year deal. Like there's there's worse players out there that you could give a contract to. <laughs> Herodi. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. I absolutely think he's going to pinch one of those spots. I think he and Lockie Miller are going to be our halves at Newtown with Herodi on the wing and one of the uh, halves, the centres rather, um, with one of the kids on the wing. Um, I have a feeling because we, it, it's been so disrupted the last few years. So we've had players that were playing up that could have played lower. I think everyone will shuffle back to where they should be this year. If it were up to me, I would be Jensen, Lua Lua, Stone Street, They'd be three in my back four with Lockie Miller for Newtown. I don't know who's going to play fullback yet. I, I haven't looked at the squad enough. There's probably a Newtown player available. But I would just get as many minutes of the, into the young kids as possible. I definitely think Senior will be there, though, in some capacity. I think, think Senior will be the fullback because he was the best fullback in the New South Wales Cup last year. Um, Sam Stone Street, uh, as a fun fact, has only just turned 18 years old. So he will be uh, probably in Jersey Flag. Perfect. Uh, he's going to score like 900 tries in 15 minutes in round one and uh, then make his way into first grade. Um, but yeah, look, I think, I think Zach Sini will be there or thereabouts. Absolutely. Mate, what a team. What a side. What a squad. One, one player that we haven't really discussed, we mentioned that we got him, but Jaden Barrel, and I've been going through and reading up on him as well because he's a, he's a very crafty number nine, but he also played... He's moved his 
you know, partner, kids, dogs down on a on a prayer and we've given him a one year deal. It's his first NRL contract. He could literally be a fan favourite for us. Absolutely, and I think we'll see him at some stage. So, like I said, you can put him in at seventeen. We've got so many players that can fill in. It's um, it's exciting. Yeah, it absolutely is. Mm. Look, Dan, this this has been an incredible podcast. You've got fatter by the the minute, which has been incredible. I'm just getting uglier. Oh, mate, if that's possible, it's what? It's not possible. It's so difficult to even do these podcasts, mate. Like, whoa. I know, hmm. but uh, look, we have to go right now. So. I'm just gonna. I'm not even gonna hail Matt Wilde. I'm gonna hail Cocaine Dawkins, Corey Ander, and Jubilee Johnny. And I'm gonna go look for Nico Hines. <laughs>